You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed once again, coming to you live from Indianapolis, our wonderful hotel room here in the south of downtown Indy. Uh, I am Evan Tex Western, joined by Tyler Brook. Uh, we're here to give you the rundown from uh, Wednesday at the Combine. So what a day it's been! Huh? It was it was a long, <laughs> long day today. Um, we had wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends speaking to the media, uh, and the player availability in the morning. And then uh, we got a chance to talk to Matt Lafleur for a while this afternoon. So he did his press conference. Um, we'll dive into Lafleur first and and touch on some of the interesting items from from his press conference. No real big revelations uh, about anything, um, but he did get into a little bit of the, the hires and coaching changes that the Packers have, have made this offseason. Uh, starting with Rich Bisaccia, the, the new special teams coordinator, um, it's, it's very clear that Lafleur is very impressed with his experience, his track record at special, you know, with, with coaching special teams, uh, his experience as an interim head coach in Vegas last year. And um, it's also clear to me that he's going to bring a very different energy to the the energy that Mo Drayton had last year. Yeah, that he basically said you're going to figure that out from like day one of practice. What kind of coach he is, which I appreciated. And speaking on your point about like how highly he thinks of Vasachia, he literally says like I think this guy should be a head coach. So yep, honestly, the fact they got him as special teams coordinator is pretty exciting, especially for Packers fans. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it just because I, it seems like it's a completely different personality than Drayton, who, yeah. you know, a lot of the media members seem to like. He seemed like a really nice guy, but it, I think you brought it up before we started recording that he's just a very even-keeled guy, pretty low energy. Where Bisaccia, you know, he's going to... Players love him, but he'll also get on your ass. Right, but I think you know that that's an accountability piece that I yeah. think players appreciate too. Is that um, you know he, he's going to treat everybody kind of the same and and expect a lot from from his guys, and I think that's certainly what, what you need in a, a position like that. So um, yeah, Bisaccia hire. Moving on to Tom Clements, the hiring of, of or rehiring of the old quarterbacks coach to to come back and do it again in Green Bay. Um, thought it was interesting that that Lafleur said flat out that Aaron Rodgers was a significant factor in yeah. the hiring of Tom Clements, which means he's coming back. But <laughs> um, yeah, he was talking a little bit about the interview process too, and and he said that it almost felt like they were interviewing each other when when he and Clements got together around the time of the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, you know that is someone that Aaron Rodgers thinks incredibly highly of. Um, I'm more interested, and we can bring it up, as far as the assistant QB coach, or at least the promotion there. Yeah, Connor Lewis getting that job. Um, basically was a, essentially a, an analytics assistant last year, doing some uh, situational analysis up in the up in the booth. LaFleur said he's basically got Lewis in his ear uh, on the headset, basically nonstop during, during games to kind of help him trend out and, and figure out what you know certain decisions to make yeah. and, and what the numbers look like. Uh, probably a lot of like go no go type situations on fourth downs, but also some other uh, some other decisions. And it, it was interesting that 
giving him this promotion now is seems seems like they want to, him to get on a track to you know potentially have a, a place to go yeah. potentially as like a head coach down the line. Yeah, that um, was great to see. It seems like it's yeah it's it's definitely a developmental opportunity mm-hmm. for Lewis to to get his hands dirty with an actual position group rather than just focusing on you know more of the the numbers side of things. And um, I think the other thing that I found it really interesting. Uh, when Lafleur was talking about Lewis, was he said that Lewis would get up and give presentations to the team on Fridays, talking about like weird things that have gone on around mm-hmm. the league, um, certain rules and um, you know quirks and, and things that that they've observed, uh, you know over over a couple weeks leading up to to his his presentations, and um, I thought that was just re- really interesting way to work him in and, yeah. and get him in front of the team. Uh, to, to get him into a little bit more of a, a high, higher profile role. It's really, it was really eye-opening to see, it's just like, this is kind of how we're seeing how they view analytics, right? Yep. And I think one of the big misconceptions with analytics is that like, it has, you have to always, no matter what, listen to what the numbers are telling you. And then in the reality, that is not how analytics are supposed to work. Right. It is literally just a tool using historical data for you to make decisions based on the context of what's going on in the moment. So I think the fact that he, he's been in Lafleur's ear like all season, like I love hearing stuff like this, yeah. Because I think this is where the league is going. You know, you got to use you know history matters. You know, like know your history, know the data points, uh, know success rates. So I think it makes you, it helps you make a more informed and less emotional decision. Absolutely. So you know, especially with a guy like Lafleur, super smart guy, um, being able to utilize a tool like that, awesome. So yeah, I'm super excited for this guy. Um, I don't know too much about him. This is my first time hearing about him today. But if this is the role he's coming into, uh, it's always exciting to root for guys like this. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, again, to see what sort of influence he has in the quarterback room. Um, and and LeFleur even mentioned that for a young guy looking to get into coaching players directly, you know, having someone like Tom Clements to learn from as his boss yeah. is is just a tremendous opportunity. Obviously, Clements will, you know, will do what he does with the quarterbacks, but, you know, it seems like there will be a little bit of a mentorship opportunity for him to to help bring Lewis along as as a coach as well yeah I'm looking forward to it yep for sure but yeah other than that uh not really anything particularly earth shattering from the floor talked a little bit about run blocking you got him going oh that was great that was kind of nice I'll be working on a piece for Acme Packing Company just because I know Packers we were talking about this Packers fans uh compared to a lot of the average you know NFL teams they just really respect wide receivers that can block in the run game because that can spring a lot of explosive plays. So I figured, you know, only chance I'll probably get to talk to LaFleur anytime soon, ask him a question about run blocking. And, you know, his face did kind of light up. Yep. He got excited, and he went on a tangent about it. Uh, he credited basically his time in Houston with Andre Johnson and, like, how that kind of started. He said he set the standard for, like, what he imagines for wide receivers getting dirty in the run game. Uh, but I'm really excited. I asked a bunch of wide receivers what they thought about run blocking today. I think we got a lot of really good information. Yeah, you did. had a great quote from uh, Jalen Naylor. Yeah. Uh, what was the quote? It was, uh, he said, Michigan State's approach is no block, no rock That's for wide amazing. receivers. So, <laughs> yeah, if you you don't block, you don't see the field, you don't get balls thrown to you. So uh, that was a nice little It was awesome seeing LaFleur open up about something yep. he clearly cares about. So yeah. I always enjoy that. Definitely. Well, yeah, on that note, let's get into the receivers. Uh, that was kind of the first Love this class. The first group that we talked to, and the guy right off the top that we talked uh, talked to the, the most in, in the beginning was Traylon Burks. Yeah, You're... stock down. Stock down. He showed up 15 minutes late. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it was anyone's fault. It kind of no. got messed up. It sounds like there was a delay in them getting tested and everything. So. Yeah, there were a couple of yeah. delays today that um, kind of shifted around the availability. Chris Olave got moved around a little bit. And Jahan Dotson was, late. was late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just something, something weird with the schedule but nothing nothing major there but 
Yeah, Burks is. I mean, he's he's enormous, right? Yeah. He's he's six three at least. Um, his hands are just four XL gloves. What on earth? I can't wait for the hand size to come out. I was just gonna say, I can't. It's it's gonna be over eleven inches. I'm sure. I, I got someone telling me that he heard it was eleven. Yeah, which is unheard of. That's for that's ludicrous. So and. You know, I wrote a piece up on the site that's it's up now. It went up this afternoon talking about uh, Burks's uh, off the field hobby of hunting pigs and <laughs> or, or hunting wild hogs and and hunting them with knives. Um, just he he got going on that for a while. The media really well, I just kept loving like people were trying to ask football questions and someone be like, back to the hogs thing. <laughs> like like how do you how do you how do you kill them with knives? Yeah. And, he talked about how like you, you've got to have dogs with you that uh, can help you know root out the the pigs and, and get them coming towards you. It was it was a whole thing. So yeah, check that out on the site. But um, yeah, he's he's a really really interesting guy and and looks at himself kind of in the Debo Samuel mold. He he's taken said that a lot. unsolicited. That was very interesting. To me. Yeah, he's taken a lot of um, a lot of reps from the backfield, a lot of inside outside motion stuff. And obviously, you know, if if somehow he were to fall to twenty eight, which I definitely don't think he will, but it would be a great chess piece for for Lafleur. And he's a guy who, yeah. again, you know, takes a little a little pride in his run blocking yeah. as well, and has the size for it. Awesome, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's a uh, it's nice getting to talk to some of these guys in more intimate settings because I mean, a lot of the guys were trying to talk to the quarterbacks in this group, so we maybe had like a dozen, fifteen, twenty guys trying to ask Burks questions. Yep. And it felt like he was a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's because we were all tired. It's 8 a.m. Uh, trying to talk. But I was like, once you brought up the hog thing, he started to open up a little bit more. It was yeah. nice seeing a, little, a different side of a guy that's trying to be, you know, when you're trying to be as professional as possible at the combine, just getting open up personally a little bit. It's always fun. Yeah, definitely. And that's if, if you've followed my coverage of the combine the last couple of years, um, you, you can probably tell that that's a, a way that I like to, to, to push and, and get some of these angles of, of what do these guys do off the field, um, both because – it kind of gets them a little bit more comfortable talking about mm-hmm. something other than you know the the football stuff that they're talking about nonstop for four days. You can tell they get bored of it too. Exactly, yeah. and 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 you get some good stories out of it too. Yeah. And so um, I hope that the players appreciate it. I hope that you know the listeners and readers appreciate it too. So we'll see. Um, we'll we'll definitely keep keep working on getting some more um, some more interesting stories like that out of out of some guys. Other guy that you talked to that you are madly in love with oh, as a yeah. prospect is George Pickens. Well, now Georgia. that I've accepted that Traylon Burks is going first, <laughs> first wide receiver off the board, and the Packers can't get him, it's time to move that you know hope somewhere else. Uh, you know, as you know, Packers, but we're gonna talk people into a wide receiver in the first round again, aren't we? Uh, right. Pickens is different, man. Uh, you know, the tape showed this guy that you know Justice and I talked about. He's a bully. He loves to attack whether that is blocking or at the catch point or just kind of talking trash, which I very much enjoy. Uh, it can get a little over the line sometimes. That Georgia Tech fight was pretty ugly. Uh, that was not great, but I think he just gets in the heads of defensive backs, and it's usually the other way around. So, you know, it's rare to see a wide receiver than get a defensive back's head. But listening to him talk today, I think he backs that up with the right amount of confidence versus arrogance. And so listening to him talk about it, we talked again, we talked about run blocking because I was trying to talk to all these guys. And he's like, it's not really something that, like, you can get coached on it, but you absolutely have to have the mentality for it. Otherwise, you're never going to get there. And just hearing him talk about that stuff, you can just tell, like, internally, he's a very motivated person, plays aggressive. He's somehow he's a different guy, whether it's on or off the field. He just knows when to turn it on. So I see all that. I see the frame. He does fit the measurables, theoretically, for the Packers and what they're looking for in wide receivers. He's getting some late first-round buzz. It seems like a match made in heaven, especially if Rodgers and Devontae come back. Because he can stretch the field vertically, yeah. 
big jump ball guy. I, I I like that pick a lot if this ends up happening. Yeah, and and he does have some injury concerns, right? But mm-hmm. that's that was a torn ACL that was about twelve months ago now, right? It was I think it was in spring practice. It was in spring practice, and yeah. the fact that he came back as quickly as he did to play in the SEC championship yeah. and both playoff games, and he made some legitimate plays in the playoff. So uh, very impressed by that to come back that quickly, have an impact. Stetson Bennett, not the best passer, right? But um, he made some very impressive over-the-head tracking-the-ball catches, diving out for him. Uh, he's an explosive guy, and again, love the bully mentality. Uh, so it, I think LaFleur is going to fall in love with the guy. If the interviews go well, which I think they will, again, he presented himself quite well today. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to see you know where this shakes out. Um, I know you and I both kind of think that Edge is going to be one of the big priorities for, for this team in round one. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if they do decide to go receiver... Uh, it, it certainly wouldn't wouldn't surprise we me. We know what's going to happen. They're not going to take a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe one day I'll I'll give it up. But I think they take a receiver at some point. Day. It won't yeah. be round one. It yep. just never happens. Yeah. Well, another another one. A couple of those borderline. You know, maybe day one, early day two guys. Um, John Mechie, you wanted to mention. Yeah, I, I may not. I think I have a day three pick on Mechie. Okay. Uh, but he's a great route runner. He's just a little undersized. Not the best athlete. But I, I was just drawn to him today just because he was super positive. It, like, you know, Jamal Williams is always smiling, making jokes in the locker room. Right. Like, Mechie was, it's early in the morning. He's, like, excited to be there. He's smiling. He's laughing. I love guys like that. So that was one of those, like, I was just walking around, and I just turned and saw Mechie, saw a big smile, and I was like, all right, I'll listen to this guy. So I liked that energy. Uh, I think that'll go a long way in the draft process because those are just yep. guys when you want in your locker room. He's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's a borderline wide receiver two. But he can make plays, get him in your locker room. I like that kind of guy. Yep. Yeah, and the other one that, uh, one other guy that meant that I know you guys like, um, you and Justice talked about him quite a bit, is Chris Olave, the Ohio State Too smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. That's right, yeah. And um, he did mention that he had he had a meeting with the Packers and um, that it went it went really well. He said yeah. there was great energy in the meeting, um, both that he felt like it was good energy from him. He got a great vibe from the Packers. Yeah. Um, obviously said that you know, said what anybody would say that it would be you know an honor to play yeah. for a legendary franchise like Green Bay and stuff. But not not a not a newsworthy item that he had the meeting, but just kind of. His takeaway from that meeting, I think, is the the worthwhile takeaway from that. Forgot to bring that up with Pickens as well, because he said yeah. he met formally and informally, and the same thing happened. You know, everyone's asking those questions, did you meet with Team X? And they're like, yes. And that's the thing. <laughs> Someone asked about the Packers, and it was not me, because I think that's a, a worthless question. But he said yes, and then he was like, met informally and formally, and like, like, I love their scheme. Like, I would love to play with Rodgers, all these guys. So it feels like Rodgers is coming back based off the comments these kids are saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Olave kind of said the same yeah. thing, that, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to, to come back and play with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. So I will say, now that we're bringing it up, we're hearing two guys today that met with the Packers that said really good things. Yep. I could actually see where they're thinking really hard about a wide receiver in the first round, again, as an enticement for Rodgers. Well, yeah, that's I guess that's one way to, to yeah. look at it. Um, I, I don't know that – I don't – Obviously, that that the draft picks are going to come in after he may, has to make yeah. his decision anyway. But, but if you can tell him, like, listen, we're doing our work on the right. receivers, maybe maybe that's a signal that uh, yeah. or or a promise to him or something. I don't know that that yeah, we're doing our homework. If and, I'm Rogers, I ask for a first round receiver. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, we also had the tight ends today, too. Yeah. Um, was there anything else on the receivers you want to hit before we move on? Only guy, uh, Romeo Dubs, uh, seemed like a pretty motivated guy. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking to him. I did ask him about the, he had eight touchdowns in a high school game. Yeah. Uh, he thought that was hilarious. Someone brought it up and he was just like, I was like, is it scheme? Are you getting open? And he was just like, all oh, the game plan was just like, uh, get Romeo the ball. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> Love that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. The other guy I wanted to mention though is, uh, Trey Turner from Virginia Tech. Um, mm, yeah. really, really good Dude, like he's gonna be a, a a great guy in whatever locker room he ends up in. Um, but he was uh, he was asked a question about Devonte Adams and you know how much he watches Adams because he's kind of a similar size. He's like a six one six two. Yeah, he's, he's, he's speed, yeah. yeah. He's not a he's not as thick as Adams, but you know a, a shade under two hundred pounds. But he, he he opened up for for a good minute and a half talking about how much he loves to watch Adams' footwork and and creating the separation without. You know, elite speed, which is something that he he knows that he needs to do to, to stick in the NFL. So, um, cool guy, um, great great interview, and you know, I'll be he's a guy that I'll be rooting for too. Love that. Um, he actually went back. The, the the handlers for these guys kind of cut off questioning at one point, and there was a female reporter there next to me um, who didn't get it didn't get her question answered in time, and he said to the handler, "No, no, no, she's got a question. I want to answer her question. Love that. I want to find yeah. out what it That's is." That's great. So, so that was really cool. Uh, just a, a good, a, a nice move by him. So, just wanted to to mention that. Um, but yeah, just talking about tight ends quick. Um, this is you guys talked about it again on the pod a little while ago. Not a great tight end class. Uh, not a super top heavy class. But really, one of the best all around tight ends I think in this class. And and I'll, I'm saying this you're being super biased, biased. You're very as a biased. Wisconsin <laughs> alum. But it's it's Jake Ferguson, yeah. and I think. Um, I don't think he's going to be a day one or a day two guy, but I think you're, somebody's going to get a steal on him. He's in getting round some four. national love, though. I've heard a couple yeah. of guys, uh, national media guys that have been saying nice things about him. Yeah. He's got to eat. Love the way he blocks. Yeah, and and he's he's absolutely a max effort guy uh, on every play. He's he's gone up against some some great great players, defensive ends in the Big Ten. Um, I know people and myself included kind of think back to that one instance where he was matched up on Chase Young one-on-one in the first half of an Ohio State-Wisconsin game that, that led yeah. to a sack and knocked Wisconsin out of field goal range. But um, that was also, you know, sophomore year Jake Ferguson. Also, don't put tight ends on Chase Young. So. <laughs> also that, yeah. Um, but he's the one question that we kind of were talking about with him is, is he big enough to play the, the true Y inline yeah. tight end position? And we I asked him that today, and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm around 250 now. I can. I think I can play anywhere between 250 and 255 and be comfortable and and hold up as an inline guy. So um, you know he, he doesn't look like a big, massively built dude, but um, if if he can hold up at that that weight, yeah. I mean I, I think that's a that's probably going to be a good weight yeah. for him without uh, sacrificing some of his athletic ability. And uh, his old teammate Jack Cohn, I talked to about him, and, and he's like, yeah, Ferguson's going to light it up this week. He's yeah. he's a great athlete. Um, and Ferguson was talking about how you know yeah he's 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 an athletic guy but his knowledge and understanding of the game is probably one of one of his best qualities and it should be for a guy who's the grandson of the greatest head coach in Wisconsin football history yeah, yeah that's I actually it's funny because everyone was making jokes like it's on the broadcast all the time I don't personally don't watch a lot of Wisconsin games except to watch uh, cutups of kids. So I had no idea that he was Barry Alvarez. Yeah. <laughs> he told a great story about Barry, too. He said uh, um, that one time when he was a, a little kid, he came into the locker room during one of the last, uh, uh, pra- after one of the last practices before a Rose Bowl that Barry was coaching, 
And he said it was the first time he'd ever seen his grandfather yell and scream. And he, like, ran out of the, the <laughs> locker room afterwards kind of crying a little bit because he was like, why is Grandpa screaming? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, I love because, that. And, and I can totally see that with Barry, right? Yeah. Like, every time I've ever interacted with him, he's just this this super nice, you know, calm, mild-mannered guy. But then you've, you've anybody who's watched Wisconsin football and watched him um, – you know, during during his time as a coach, knows how fiery he can get. Yeah. So he kind of even, even seems to have one of those on switches uh, when it comes to just just his approach and his attitude uh, when he was coaching. But yeah, Ferguson was. Um, I I still think you know early day four or day three guy around four. Day is, four, yeah, yeah that's not good. No, we don't want him in day four. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, round four guy, but um, I, I really think that he's got the potential to be you know a contributor. You know a. a Ten or fifteen yeah. snaps a game as an inline guy for you know right off the bat, and you know the potential to grow into a starting tight end in the NFL. Yeah, I don't have a ton of uh, tight end takeaways honestly because I let you take Ferguson. I was trying to walk around listen to some of the other guys. No one was that exciting. I stayed for Weidermeyer. Um, yeah, like his interview didn't blow me away. Like his his tape speaks for itself. Right. The guy I enjoyed talking to was Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. <laughs> Simply because I walked over there. There's no one asking him questions. I felt kind of bad. And I'm like, oh, I watched you last week. And he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, I don't watch West Coast. I'm a Midwest guy. And he was like, Pac-12 after dark. I get it. <laughs> uh, he was really cool. Uh, best hair in the comedy, yes, right? Yes, not even close. Um, Looks like Blake from uh, Workaholics. I, I was going to say Kenny G. Uh, oh, yeah, there we but, go. Um, but with, with the mustache with it, too. Um, I think we, we put up a tweet or a, a post on showing his, his hair on Instagram. So check that out. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get to final takeaways, again, the schedule for tomorrow, we've got uh, offensive line and running backs are talking to the media, so we'll have those in the morning. And then we finally start to get our workouts starting uh, in the afternoon. Quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, the groups that we talked to today yeah. will be working out uh, tomorrow on the field. I think bench press will be in the morning, and okay. then on-field workouts start at 4. Uh, that'll be live on the NFL Network. We'll be around to uh, keep an eye on those, and we'll be here to bring all the news from the media availability in the morning. Any final thoughts to, to leave the people with tonight? I took some L's today with the, uh, <laughs> I uh, thought I lost my laptop charger. It was in the hotel. Um, that was rough. Yeah, I took, I took a few other L's today. It's been a, it's been a long one, but honestly, it fires me up, man, when you get some questions and on some of these guys and you get some good answers. Um, that makes it all worth it. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like we learned a lot today. We're getting a good feel for some of these guys. And, you know, hopefully some of these guys we had good conversations with end up Packers. We've we've gotten lucky with a few of them in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, did a had a had a good long talk with Blake Martinez the year he got drafted, and and some of the, you know, ha, have been fortunate with a couple of the picks in the past. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that'll do it for us today, and we will talk to you tomorrow from Combine Thursday. Woo, go Pack, go.